It's a kid's show, ding dong. <laughs> this week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Shadow States, Politics on Film with Jeff Pivere, Book Club, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, The King, Boundaries, and McQueen. And at the Ebor on the 17th is Fierce, and on the 18th is Guelph Poetry Slam, as well as Hip Hop Trap Goth Night. And at the bookstore on the 18th is One World Rising, The Stories of Vasudeva Ride. The Bookshelf is an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, movie theater, and restaurant located at 41 Quebec Street. For more info about the Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world, please visit bookshelf.ca. you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android Sungeon, he's back, baby. It's our good friend of the show, back from Gen Con. We're going to give you a lowdown on the latest games coming out. And then we're going to talk about some other stuff. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, Campris. Campris. Krampus? The German monster that people associate with Santa Claus? No, this is Android's Dungeon, a show about board games for people who like board games and movies and whatever stuff has just come across our path right before we entered the studio. I am Jack. I'm Joel. And we are joined by... Harry. Harry. <gasps> confirmed friend of the show now. Mr. <laughs> Harry. He was just a friend of the show before, but when you come back in... Is this your second time in the, the studio, Harry? Uh, maybe third or fourth. He but came in okay. when you weren't here. Oh, yeah. that's right. Snuck true. in behind your back. <laughs> Wait, was he... Were you here for the Stefan show? cat's away. No. No. Um, Android's Dungeon. Mostly focused on board games. You can ch- check us out on Instagram and Twitter and all the rest of those places. Uh, you can also, most importantly, check us out on any of those podcast applications that the kids are using. Yep. Thanks. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever else. There's With the hippity ones. and the hoppity. Windows Phone Podcast. Beep bleep. Windows Phone Podcast? I don't know. Sure. Why not? Probably. Uh, Joel, what have you been playing recently? Oh, nothing much. Just a little bit of the DC, you know, classic <laughs> deck building. Wait, did you play that on the at Inver? Uh, yep. Inver, I did manage cool to get out uh, a terraforming Mars, which I know you're not a huge fan of, but I will still defend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear. The I love the of theme. Yeah. Okay, the theme of terraforming Mars is it's beautiful. You know, you get these ideas in your head. It's not. It's, they don't try to be funny with it. They're actually. It seems like they're actually trying to take themselves seriously. They tried to recreate the experience that they think we're all going to have um, as mega corporations going yeah. to try to make money off of Mars. Before we go any further, Harry, have you played it? Um, no. 
but I'm Ooh. not so sure. I've got a <laughs> potential <laughs> victim. I mean, <laughs> uh, I've heard a lot of really good things about the game. Um, I will say, though, have you heard good things or have you just heard things? I've heard, I've heard good things yeah. about some of the game. I will say that the art and the components are pretty heinous. Like, yeah, you think bad. the art's heinous? I, I think, think yeah, I think the art is not to the level of a lot of uh, popular board games nowadays. Mm. It's interesting because the I don't mind the art as much. I find it a little inconsistent, maybe at times. Like you're looking at it and you think that some guy maybe it's like, oh, you gave Jack Photoshop and uh, <laughs> ten thousand dollars to do stuff. <laughs> okay, that's what he I came mean, up with. One of Jack's main criticisms from games or for games, just in general, he has this criticism for a lot of games. Old man Jack is yeah, old man Jack and all his complaints is that games should be tiered. You know. Uh, I like, I'm not a huge fan of Seven Wonders, but I like that there are three eras, right? Yeah. Era one, two, and three. And in Terraforming Mars, you get a deck that's about the length of your arm, and it just, it's anything from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, you could get that first. And you could get eight cards that are completely useless because, you know, the temperature needs to be four degrees and it's still only negative 30 or something like that. And that's just uh, luck of the draw. And I think that Terraforming Mars could really benefit from a tiered deck. And that's it, because I don't think it's a bad game on the surface. Like, as it is, if you put Terraforming Mars in front of me right now and say, Jack, what do you rate this? I give it a five. Five out of ten. Five! Because it is just a, it is not as fun as it should be. I am, for those who don't know, the theme, in case you haven't figured it out, is you are terraforming Mars. Woo, awesome. And the theme is great. It's a really neat idea because it's kind of, it, there are no aliens necessarily. You're not worrying about, like, uh, space pirates coming in and ganking your stuff. You're, <laughs> you're just building stuff by playing these cards from your hand and you're setting up this engine and economy and you're trying to specialize in something based on these corporation cards that you start with that kind of steer you in directions. Are you going to be good at the, like, bioengineering side? Are you going to be good at the space mining side? Like, it gives you some direction, which is nice. But the the game, as it is, just takes forever, and the randomness adds to the time and frustration that I think could otherwise be spent having fun, actually, because there's tiling, one of my favorite things in the world, and yeah. and it manages to make tiling stink, which, <laughs> which is saying something. But. And another thing that might be one of the best and worst things in the, in the game is that uh, it can be fresh to you every time you play. Yeah. But you'll never be able to develop a strategy, because really it just depends on what you get. Yeah, fair enough. It's you. You can sort of again. You you want to, and that's one of the problems. And with these cards, these corporations you start with is that it want it's guiding you in direction. But let's say you're this. The I'm going to go back to this because the most recent one I can remember. There's a corporation that excels in. Uh, the uh, the space mining uh, symbol cards. Mm. You could theoretically go through the entire game not seeing one of those cards come across your path <laughs> because either if you're playing the drafting variant and people just take them from you or through luck of the draw you don't see it out. So a lot of games you have to improvise and kind of go on the fly. But I think there are a couple of like yeah. a couple of things you should always be doing. But in general it's nothing like you're saying. You could It's going to be different every time so just strap in and try to enjoy it. But. Yeah. Well I, I think yeah it's really clumsy but I still have a lot of fun. I will give it uh, maybe eight asteroids deliberately <laughs> drawn into the into the environment just to heat things up out of twelve. And wow, 
I think if you enjoy science fiction more too, you'll get more out of it because it's it's more of a harder. I'm gonna put you can't see the quotation marks, but harder science fiction, like so-called realistic. Yeah, yeah, kind of like. Yeah. It, did you love The Martian with Matt Damon? <laughs> did you prefer the novel? I don't Usually know. Usually, I don't care about theme, but this is a game where the theme it lives and dies by is everything. And I'll I'll just say this before we uh, leave Mars is. Uh, <laughs> Got to get your ass to Mars. Get out of here. Total Recall. <laughs> uh, somebody was showing their 3D printed versions of Terraforming Mars. Where oh, they yeah. went through and took all the city pieces and special cities and printed special versions of them. Put cities on it? And you, so you actually have these like 3D little models you're putting on there. And all the ocean tiles, they replaced the, the flat... Um, Cardboard with uh, kind of blue see-through pieces, and all the jungle pieces are kind of 3D'd and bumpy'd and stuff. So it's like, wow, well, that's a lot of effort for this game. But it's neat. <laughs> it's really neat. It was the game, yeah. 2015-ish, 2016, just early 2016. insane. You just before it got replaced by Scythe, which before it got replaced by Gloomhaven, it was the game. Yeah, you couldn't swing a stick without people talking about yep. Terraforming Mars. So it, good for uh, Stronghold Games, which I think is now, I think they've merged with Indie Games. Uh, who are famous Jack's for... looking it up. <laughs> for the, um, uh, like, uh, I think Coup and Resistance are uh, the indie, or like I could be missing yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but now they've formed something like, um, I think they're still keeping the indie part of the title or mm. something. But anyway, Stronghold Games made a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So Terraforming Mars, I'll recommend it. Jack will, Jack's on the fence, and Harry probably won't play it. You should got to play it. You, got, you have it's to try it, Harry. <laughs> it's too old, only, 2015. I only play those old games. I only play brand new games. So <laughs> All right, yeah. Let's discuss. get to the yeah. let's get to the heart of the heart of matters here. Why is Harry here? Well, Harry's here because we love him. <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, did just come back. I guess it's uh, it's been about a week since I came back, but I was at uh, Gen Con, which is North America's biggest tabletop gaming convention. Is it is its emphasis on tabletop? Uh, so yeah, it's role playing tabletop being role playing games and board games. Yeah. Um, there was some other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some CCGs like right. uh, Force of Will, Magic the Gathering. Um, Blizz- uh, Blizzard came out with like a huge Hearthstone thing, which was popular because like they put a lot of like production value into their like area. Yeah. But also was kind of out of place. It's like what what do the kids like to say? Stay in your lane. <laughs> like, Blizzard. Blizzard. No. Go, go yeah. back. He has figurines or something. Yeah, some yeah cosplayers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry, please. All right, so um, you have to pick a game then. <laughs> so it was really good. Yeah, uh, there were I think sixty five thousand people, oh which is God. like pretty ludicrous. Ooh. It was huge. Uh, it was packed. Did you did you feel like you were just like s- in a, a mob of people the whole time though, where it's just like it's body to body, it's so loud and chaotic that it you, not not the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so like they have uh, every they have the convention center, they actually had the football stadium, um, all being used as well, hmm. um, and every hotel in the area, yeah. all of their conference rooms. So the convention center was packed. It was exactly that. Um, yeah. They had the vendor hall, which is where all the board game publishers. Uh, have booths and they're there to show off their board games. Yeah, the vendor hall opened at 10 a.m. every day, and there was a line starting at nine. Yeah, and it was just a massive crowd of people, uh-huh. and like it looked like one of those Black Friday videos because they opened the doors <laughs> and everybody like swept in, <laughs> especially on Thursday, the first day, because everyone was there to buy Forbidden Sky <laughs> and like and root, really a root and like yeah. uh, meet the cast from uh, Critical Role and like a bunch of Critical like, Role. Who are those guys? There's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's a vi- it's a video base. It's like shut up and sit down. Yeah, it's like streaming 
Except they do uh, role-playing games. Yeah. Oh, man, I've always wondered who tunes in for that stuff. But maybe I'm just... <laughs> a lot, turns out a lot of people. A lot of people <laughs> in Indianapolis. <laughs> Harry, did it look like this? Was it just wide open? Uh, yeah, but um, full of people. Joel's showing me a photo right now of, of like the floor, and there are small booths. They're basically, for most publishers, they're just, um, you know, what do you call them? Like office buildings? Like yeah. uh, cubicles, cubicles, I guess? yeah. Um, with just like stacks of board games that they're selling, and like mm-hmm. one or two people manning it. But then like, um, like Z-Man must Paizo have Paizo and like Z-Man Fantasy Flight had like Fantasy huge Flight, areas, yeah. like massive, especially Fantasy Flight because they're selling all their minis. And there's also right. the the new thing for Fantasy Flight. I don't want to step on your toes too much, but they announced a new card game that people were kind of really humming and hawing over, which is I think I don't know if Garfield is re- touching this one or if he's behind it, but I think it's called Keyforge. Did you see anything about Keyforge? Nope. Hmm. Um, um, I didn't investigate Fantasy Flight too much because they're yeah. their own like thing, you know, yeah, yeah. with like Armada and all the X Wing stuff, right? yeah, and like all that kind of stuff. But uh, it was great. Played a, a lot of games. All right, so, um, so let's get into it. Tell us about what you saw at <laughs> Gen Con. At least the stuff that uh, really caught your interest, and God knows you played a few. So. so number one for sure, it was Thursday morning. I was one of those idiots lining up. Because, <laughs> uh, I went in. I bought Root. So uh, this game root had you played it already i uh, had not played it already yeah. uh there's a lot of buzz uh <laughs> and like typically i am not a person to go in and buy just like go in straight to a convention and convention and like buy something without demoing it yeah. i did demo a lot of games but i bought root without demoing it because um honestly the I was worried. yeah there's so much hype <laughs> and like they were gonna sell out of copies the FOMO. And, like the art is amazing <laughs> yeah. and like for me the art is like really important uh and so it was enough that I just went and bought it and yeah. totally rewarded I think the game's great. Yeah. Jack doesn't care about this game and is totally not insanely <laughs> yeah, jealous true. right yeah. now. just raging yeah. with the fact that he doesn't have his copy. So I bought a copy and then I've played it three times. I played it once at Gen Con yeah. uh, just in the evening and uh, it is very good. Yeah. Uh, so when you say you played it at Gen Con, were there tables set up of people with, like, signs saying, I'm playing Root, come join me? Or did you sit down and set it up and say we're looking for more? Or yeah, I sat down and set it up. It's very casual. Um, there are small rooms all across the convention center and across all the hotels mm-hmm. that are sometimes booked for events, but otherwise they're just tables and chairs. Um, and the kind of convention i guess for people who are interested in playing games is you you can bring a game you can set yourself up at a table and just like put the box vertically on the table so people can see it Mm. and people will just come up and say hey is that that root can i play and you're like yeah "Yeah." and so like we had players in like i don't know 10 minutes and we played a game of root and it was a lot of fun outstanding so cool does this look more like it yeah Joel insane. right now is showing me a picture of a crowd. A it is a, a body-to-body crowd. How yeah. many that's, people, that's apparently the demand for Upper Deck. Upper Deck? Yeah. Upper is this deck a joke? Or, yeah, no, no, Upper Deck. <laughs> upper Deck <laughs> yeah. has an area <laughs> in Gen Con. I don't know if you're setting me up for something. <laughs> Those are the kind of games they produce. Um, they do have a yeah an area. Um, the line, yeah, the lines were like that for the, the vendor hall, and they had like a ton of entrances and every entrance was like that. It was pretty crazy. So how was it? Was it organized or was it just kind of like, like once you get in there, like you're, you're running and you're just going and I mean, you're not not like running unless there's something you're like really like going for. Um, but, uh, it was pretty unorganized. I mean, there's like pathways between all the booths and you're just kind of (laughs) like trying to find, where are you going? I printed off a map beforehand and everything, so I didn't get lost. <laughs> Is that the map right there? <laughs> yeah, that's the map right there. That's pretty cool. Um, it was really interesting. There were, like, um, some things that got a ton of buzz. So Root was one of them. Yeah. 
Uh, Kingdom Death had a, a really, really good area. Now, um, what could Kingdom Death be announcing? What What is... They just had, I think, like, additional figures and, like, packs of, like, monsters and stuff. New bosses. Yeah, like, new bosses. Okay. Um, and they had a lot of them. But, US like, they had like, yeah. they had, like, glass display cases just, of like, course. full of these, like, incredibly detailed uh, miniatures. They're, like, really nice. Painted or unpainted? Um, unpainted. So, like, as you would buy them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really good. Um, the probably busiest, most buzz, I would say, was um, Forbidden Sky. There tell were us, so many people lining up. Tell us about Forbidden Sky and why, in your opinion, people were going crazy over this game. So, I mean, I think it's kind of gimmicky. Forbidden Sky is pretty similar to Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really the same games. Forbidden Sky doesn't come in a tin. Okay. It's a big difference. It comes in a box. <laughs> so it's less durable. With uh, it's still like a tile-laying game. The big kind of uh, the leading, I guess, gimmick of Forbidden Sky is that the tiles um, have circuitry in them, and the board accepts batteries. And so as you lay your tiles, it connects it, your building circuits that yeah. light up stuff, which is, like, maybe a good idea. But, it, you know, it really reminds me of kind of like a marketing gimmick in order to sell games to kids. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, like, it, the game to me didn't, like, that. that doesn't seem like a big enough difference to merit all the buzz. But, I mean, like hundreds or even more people like they can't be that wrong like there's gotta be something (laughs) because like there was a lineup to get into the vendor hall yeah but once you're in the vendor hall for these really popular games there were lines winding around the outside of the the forbidden hall just to buy it unbelievable and forbidden sky was by far the longest operations had batteries that's i was thinking like this this is the things i liked about games when i was like yeah what i liked about mousetrap yeah it was like ooh, gadgets and things fall and and knock knock your thing over (laughs) whatever you know there's like falling boulders i mean that's got to be part of it like there were a lot of kids at Gen Con, there okay. are a lot of, like, parents with their kids. Unbelievable. They had set up Forbidden Sky, like, in there was a zone for games for kids, and Forbidden Sky was one of them. Yeah. But there were also, I would, the majority of people on that line were adults. I was going to say, it's, like, between the kids buying Forbidden Sky and, like, 30-plus men. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Pandemic is just so popular that Matt Leacock has a following in Indianapolis. It, or it, I in can't, Gen Con. can't rule this out. Well, <laughs> you could probably slap... But why did... I, I just can't figure out, was there giant clamoring for a sequel to Forbidden Desert? Yeah, no I idea. Don't know. I mean, Did it, was there an itch not scratched by between that and Pandemic and uh, Forbidden Island? What, exactly. what was missing? And, like, you can still go out and buy those games. Like, yeah. not, it's not like they're out of print. Like, I haven't played it, so I can Did you play it? Ooh, Forbidden Sky? this yeah. game. I got to play, like, two turns. And what, it was like, what did you think of it? It's fine. <laughs> it's, like, if I already owned one of those games, I wouldn't buy Forbidden Sky, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's one of these things that's happening more and more to me is that there used there was a period of time where someone would announce like let's take Lowlands. Have any of you heard of Lowlands? Not to put, go too far off track on Gen Con, we'll mm. go right back. But it's a game that's about farming, and you have to worry about these uh, dikes that are about to break and push water into your farmland. So you have to kind of negotiate with your fellow farmers and kind of worry about, okay, we need to worry about our crops, but we all seem to pull together to worry about these things. But maybe you don't care as much because you're flooding, or Harry's flooding is way up there and it won't hit me for a bit. So I'm mm. not as worried about this. So there's kind of a brinkmanship element to it. But now, it, like, I look at it and I think, if this was two years ago, I probably would have bought it. Now it's like, well, it's a farming game. I already have a bunch of those. And it's a brinkmanship <laughs> game. I already have some of those. It's like... I don't know. It's like, it, what what is this fulfilling? What niche yeah, is this I right now? I suppose what you're saying is, what's so special? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So That's kind of how I felt at uh, Gen Con. I don't know. It seemed like 
every game I played fit into maybe like three categories or I had three mechanics. Okay. Um, tile laying games, okay. super popular. Area control, super popular. Yeah. And then dice rolling slash drafting. Mm. Okay, interesting. Dice um, drafting or drafting games, period? Uh, like like dice drafting. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, yeah, or some, some kind of variant on that. Yeah. Um, and those were like just everywhere. And there's some really interesting twists on them, but then there are also a lot of games that like good theme, but like there's nothing special about like lazy mechanics. So you were saying on the way here that you went to a couple games where you were excited about them beforehand and then disappointed. Oh. Uh, yeah, I should start with games that I was excited for yeah, let's, let's, and not disappointed. Let's be the, let's be so, positive first. So Gen Con recommendations. All right, uh, Root totally was amazing. Um, Describe Root. So Root is an asymmetric area control game. Um, what does that mean, Harry? <laughs> I don't know anything about any of these things. So uh, you have a board. It's a forest. Go on. Um, and there are woodland creatures in the forest. The art of this game is amazing, by the way. The creature is so cute. All the cards have like special art. What would you describe it as? Because I was trying to think. Is it like, is it uh, like Winnie the Pooh? Like the the old kind of the kind of watercolory sort of uh, soft British colors of like it'd be like a little book you're flipping Maybe through. Maybe with like a mix kids. of like crayon in it, yeah. like kind of like some hard edges. Right. Um, like definitely like kind of a hand drawn style. Um, so there are forest clearings. Every player plays a different faction. So you have the Marquise de Cat. You have the, the Irie, which are kind of birds. You have the Woodland Alliance, which are these kind of just Rodents. like rebels. And then you have the Vagabond, which is this raccoon that just like <laughs> wanders around and steals stuff. Um, but everybody has different actions available to them. Everyone like has their own tur- different turn structure. Um, everyone has their own different ways of gaining victory points. The the common thing is that you can move, you can attack, and you want to get 30 victory points to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that asymmetricity is really good, um, really adds a lot of complex strategy, and when you play different factions, it kind of freshens it up. Yeah. Um, it does make learning difficult because you have to learn your own faction, and then you have to learn all of your opponent's factions if right. you really want to like beat them. Mm. But, so how is this any better than the Star Wars Rebellion, then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Star Wars Rebellion is asymmetrical, but is um, heavily criticized uh, for being very samey. Right. So this sounds really like every um, like you were saying that there was in your expansion. There's just a race that just sells things. Yeah. So there's also an expansion which they release simultaneously, um, which typically I would kind of rail against because like why not include in the base game? Yeah. But uh, it's specifically for five to six players. So I can kind of see the reasoning behind that. How chaotic um, do you think it would be with five to six players? So I don't... I'm not positive. Because you have two Vagabonds. What and did you play? Yeah, so uh, you could play with six players, um, and you could play with one Vagabond. So every faction in this game has armies, except for the Vagabond, which is a single unit. So I think in a six-player game, you can play with two Vagabonds, and you probably should, mm-hmm. because then there's two factions that don't have armies. But, I mean, the number of forest clearings that you can occupy remains the same, so it would be like... It'd be hard fun, I think. Um, I think five would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the expansion comes with two factions. They come with the otter folk traders and the lizard, like super weird cult yeah. lizard cult. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in that for a while. <laughs> Cut out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then they realized the lizard cult was just for world leaders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say I the got powerful. out of my Facebook account. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, I would definitely highly recommend the game. I think we're, uh, I'm going to be playing it, I think, for a long time. Are we going to play it tonight? And we are going to play it tonight. 
Hope so. Um, other games that I would recommend, um, Reef, which kind of surprised me. Um, now, Reef, is that the one that's similar to Azul, or is this, uh, am I mixing it up it's with something else? else? No, it's different. Um, published by, I think, Eggertspiel. Mm-hmm. Um, you, everyone has, every player has their own board, so I guess it's kind of similar to tiling. You, Are you, you putting coral and you're trying yeah, to line up different colors? Cor- you have like a grid and you're just putting coral onto the grid yeah. and then you're trying to match. It's kind of like a set collection aspect where you're trying to match specific patterns uh-huh. on your cards and you score points according to the patterns. Pretty simple, but the components really surprised me. Right. And I think the like simple game but like quite fun to play really right. surprised me. So like not super complex, but I would definitely recommend it. It's, you don't need a game that's just like 20 pages of rules and complex exactly, yeah. to make it super complex. Totally. Oh, I should say one thing about Root that is amazing is the rule books. It comes with a learn to play rule book, but then it also comes with just like a really quick and dirty rules reference book where everything is numbered. The law of Root. Nice. Exactly, yeah, which I'll, is really good. Before we go any further, I th- I've noticed a lot of, because I've been uh, trying to read up on Root in anticipation of it. And it seems like there's a, a bunch of questions about it. I think that as, as detailed as they tried to make the rules, Harry, did you find that there's a lot of gray areas or edge cases coming up and people were just, hmm, like this? I don't know here because yeah, it I've says specifically. Found, but. Yeah, I've definitely found a couple instances of that. Um, I think because it's the interactions, because it's an asymmetric game, it's the yeah. interactions between those factions that kind of makes it, um, there's a little bit of gray area, but... In all cases, we've just been able to interpret it and just say, like, yeah. this makes sense. Let's do this. All right. House rule. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Root. Which you kind of need for all games. Yeah, yeah. true. Next up. Um, so there's a new Scythe expansion, Rise of Fenris. Okay. Now, Harry, before you go any further, give us some context about how much you and your girlfriend may or may not like Scythe. Uh, <laughs> we like Scythe a lot. <laughs> um, it is a very good game. Uh, we, I think, once played Scythe ten times in eight days. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> we were at the, co- we're, to, we're at the yeah, cottage, there's no internet, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, totally reasonable. Do you want to play Scythe and, again? You guys yeah, exactly. stayed together? Yeah. <laughs> I think we, like, each beat each other five times, like, wow. we were just tied after the week. It was, uh, interesting. That's good, because then it's interesting, right? Somebody's not just getting... Well, play up, another yeah, game exactly. with me so I can stomp you. Yeah, that's in my in my memory it was that. like I think I won the first five and then Chelsea just stomped me for the next <laughs> oh, five. No. Like, she she like learned She's the still strategy. Still after five games. <laughs> that's <laughs> why you stopped playing. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't let you beat me. Um, so uh, Scythe we love. Um, the expansion I think was released at Gen Con, um, and it adds a campaign mode like so hot right now. Obviously. <laughs> Um, is it actually a legacy? Uh, uh, it's not legacy, no. Um, so it comes in like resealable modules. Okay. And you play through a campaign that's like scripted. And as you play through the campaign, you add modules to the game. Oh, interesting. Um, once you're done the campaign, you still have all of your modules and you can play through the campaign again. Or you can just play Scythe and selectively add modules that you want that change the game. I like that. Which nice. is really nice. It kind of just like adds... Um, Maybe similar to like Dominion, where you know you're yeah, adding the different cards available in Dominion, um, mm, like selecting how you want to play. Yeah, exactly. You want to go very aggressive. How you, you want the go, game yeah. to be? Exactly. A lot of um, witches. Lot, it's it's a witch deck. It's, so uh, very impressed. Uh, definitely better than the last expansion. Now that's what I was going to say is because the last expansion was modular, and I found myself walking away from it thinking like the airships were just these colossal gimmicks. Mm-hmm. That it I was a bit not, why. Yeah. Yeah. Like this isn't needed. They didn't. 
they didn't add that much and they didn't impact the game terribly, I uh-huh. would say. Uh, Rise of Fenris comes with a lot more than that. I mean, the airships thing just came, kind of came with the airships and, like, some cards, yeah. I think. Um, Rise of Fenris comes with, like, a lot more modules that you could add to change the How game. How big's the box, out of curiosity? Uh, it's the same size as the airships, I think. Okay. Because it doesn't have the airships, right? They, they take up right, some space. Right, they do. So have you, have you had a chance to play through all the modules? No, not even close. I've played like one game. <laughs> and what's your what's your surface impression then? Surface based impression, on one? Uh, super impressed. Okay, um, I actually think that if you bought Scythe in one expansion, it should be this one. Oh, um, would would really recommend it. Even over Invaders uh, Afar. Or? Yeah, I think even over Invaders from Afar. That is a huge endorsement. Even though the symbols are already there on yeah. the board. For <laughs> exactly. Invaders. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I um, got to fight with somebody about that. One. Another game that I can recommend, probably even over Scythe. Oh, my little Scythe. I was just gonna ask you about that because I've heard a lot of good things. Honestly, and I a lot of them are from you. How good it was! You loved it. Yeah. So, so this game was released at Gen Con as well. It's like um, designed by some guy and his daughter. Yeah. Um, based off Scythe uh, from you, Vancouver, by the way. You play <laughs> as, a lot. So in Scythe, you play as um, you know factions. You have your person, and they each have an animal companion. In My Little Scythe, you don't have any armies or workers or mechs. You just have two units, and they're both the animal animal companions from regular Scythe. <laughs> they are the uh, figurines, or the miniatures, are, like, super detailed, really high quality. Um, I was impressed by the components generally. Um, and the gameplay was just, like, simplified Scythe, but less, less punishing. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, a lot of people's big complaints about it, I guess. Did you find Scythe punishing? Um, I mean, I think it can be with combat. I think you can get kind of owned with combat if you use cards and combat power, and then you have nothing left. Yeah. And people can kind of just, like, prey on you. Yeah. If, if, as long as they don't care about... Yeah, um, the whole when you spend all your power, the and then you're down thing. to zero, and then everybody else just... Just, like, looks at you exactly. for a couple stars. And yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, whereas with My Little Scythe, they've introduced some things where, like... Friendship. You get, you know, you have to retreat back to your base, and... You when you retreat back to your base, you just get to get either two power or draw a card, like mm-hmm. a combat card. Um, and then they just had a lot of rule changes like that. So they've eliminated a lot of complex rules, and then they've added rule changes to make it a little more friendly. And you're saying well, the map was smaller, so it's easier to recover. Yeah, the map is smaller, and your move action lets you use move two units up to two spaces. So you can move really fast. Mm. Um, which means that if you get in combat and you lose and you get sent back to your base, you get two combat power or a card your choice, and then you can pretty much move out from your base back to where the people attacked you. Get them back. So it lets you kind of get back at them? So th- th- that kind of ties into what I sent Joel a message about somebody's impression of uh, My Little Scythe, and um, the guy was saying that he found it, I'm pretty sure he, what he said was that he found it way more aggressive than normal <laughs> yeah. Scythe. Like, There's, ironically, for a game about, with kids and friendship, you, you're probably totally. getting way more fights than it's you. Like, it's a lot less punishing for combat, and but there's more movement, which I think just promotes more combat. Yeah. Hmm. For sure. Well, when you talk about... Sorry to interrupt you, Joel. No, when you talk about being able to quickly get back to the fight, too, it reminds me of uh, probably the most murder-death-kill-kill game I've got, which is Kamet, because... In Kemet, you look at the map and you think, oh, all these things are so far away. Then you realize, no, everything's equidistant from each other. So you're never totally safe in a location. Right. And as soon as you start talking about, like, your movement speed is enhanced and that it's less punishing, it's like, did they just <laughs> yeah. give us knives yeah. and, like, <laughs> rollerblades? Like, what's going on here? This is knives and rollerblades. Um, the game rewards you for giving resources to other players, ah! though, which, is, which is really cute. Aww. So, like, you share apples and you get friendship points. Oh, my God. The game, the game is really cute. Um, and, like, 
Honestly, if I had to choose between having just Scythe or my little Scythe, at oh home, I might actually choose my little Scythe oh because it's it's goodness. like a lot more like inclusive. Like you can have Incl- anyone over and they'll be able to play my little Scythe. <laughs> then Whereas, they like, beat you up after. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to like introduce everyone to Scythe because yeah. it's a pretty complex game. Right? Yeah. Oh well. Like I, I guess what's your base? Like who who are you th- in your mind's eye? Who are you thinking of when you say introducing someone to Scythe? Um, your just niece like, or your no, just like just like having friends from university over. Really? Yeah, like even but with a straight Scythe, face, you're gonna Scythe get would that be like game too, out. It's like really uh, intimidating, right? Oh, I agree. And, and with with top and bottom row actions, and, and that's the, and, and also stuff. the fact that the boards are all different too, in the sense it's laid out. So anyone who's ever taught Scythe can attest to how difficult it is when you're trying to tell Harry how to play Scythe, and meanwhile Joel's over here looking. But my board doesn't look like that. You're like, no, exactly, just give yeah. me a second here. <laughs> yeah, totally. So is there any My Little Pony? In, in it no okay because i was just gonna say is hasbro gonna come along <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like i can't believe they got away with the title it's like a, yeah, yeah exactly the title's really similar and like the feeling is really similar is stonemeyer publishing it or are they publishing yeah, it yeah stonemeyer's publishing it oh, okay well, yeah I, I need to look it up after, i don't know right? what, just, i don't know whether how they heard about it or whether they were approached by this guy and his daughter um Probably the same with the airship stuff. Just like word word of mouth hits them, and yeah. uh, they're like, okay, we'll yeah, start I saw a video it. of them playing it, like when they had invented it, and oh, it yeah, was just yeah. their own custom version of the game. Yeah, I, I saw know, the maybe prototype. That's what got attention. Oh, cool. uh, it was really good. Uh, Stonemaier is also uh, republishing Viticulture, which is kind of nice, just with some nicer which components. I didn't know. Wait, there's a component change. Yep. Yeah, and they've also included. There's upgrade packs, right? <laughs> they've also included some changes from Tuscany. Hold on, so there was essential edition, which was supposed to take all the mistakes from the original and fix it. Now you're saying they're taking Tuscany, and they're adding parts that then they're gonna release Tuscany again with yeah. more things. That's why. Yeah, that's what confuses me is like, what are you gonna do with Tuscany now? Because it just adds less. <laughs> they're gonna add stuff that's broken, and then they have to fix that with another version. You can buy a little. Side pack. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was looking at uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, the designer's personal copy, which yeah. was kind of nice when I was at Gen Con. Got to meet him. Does it come out of like a, a leather case and it's uh, all like, it no, smells it like a fine like, wine? It's just like a regular copy, but then at the bottom there's a little sticky note that says, This is Jamie's personal copy. Please don't steal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's and you, he's begging me. Yeah. Your girlfriend, uh, you met you met him. Yes, that's because I had an in. So <laughs> my girlfriend actually was cosplaying as one of the characters from Scythe. One of the playable characters uh, for, I think, the Crimean faction. Yeah, the archer with the hawk. Yeah, the archer with the hawk. Um, so she went. Um, the most powerful. Stonemaier Games yeah. rented uh, like a hotel room, conference room, for the whole weekend, and she just like kind of went. And I went to play games, and there were like photos, and got to meet. Jamie's, Jamie's kind of nice. built. Too. Is it me or is it? Did he look like yeah, he'd been hitting the gym a little bit before? Uh, yeah, he's pretty thick. <laughs> He was. He definitely doesn't skip uh, arm day or whatever. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, but wait. Before we go any further, we'll take a musical break, and we're going to come back uh, with Harry, maybe to say whether he's got some more. Po- Do you have any more positive ones? No, Harry? it's time to rip on some games. It's time for the the dumping season. So, <laughs> and then I guess we'll do the official report of what's new. The the official report. So stay tuned. Thank you. 
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM, Android's Dungeon. What you just heard was Patti Smith's uh, cover of Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit, as sort of requested by Harry. <laughs> I, I had heard the Patti Smith version a little while ago, and I was like, this is really good. <laughs> so I'm going to sort of do what Harry said, <laughs> just different. Um, what you may have been hearing before the song, if you decide to tune in, and you should have been, because if you aren't, you're not a very good listener, are you? We've been talking about Gen Con. The world's biggest? North America's biggest. North America, because I guess Europe has um, yeah. Essen. I think that's the biggest. I think uh, Essen is the biggest. Um, the world, uh, North America's biggest board gaming tabletop convention. And Harry was just there, and he was the guest of honor. And <laughs> Jamie Sigmeyer said, uh, is he German? Tried to steal his girlfriend. Yeah, he asked for my autograph. Yeah, yeah. he he, he tried to wrestle with Harry, and Harry knocked him clean off his, <laughs> his horse. I don't know. Yeah, I had to announce he won't be... Uh, Working on any games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's now Harry Meyer games. I don't know. Um, 
we were very positive before. Now is the time of disappointment and sadness. The the era and age of sorrow is upon us. Yeah, so I have uh, some, I guess, medium <laughs> games that I don't have too much to say about. Okay. Uh, I played Sagrada. There's a five to six player expansion. Okay. Not much to say. It honestly doesn't add that much. Right. Um, Speakeasy Blues, published by Artana. Um, this is kind of a game where you... Th- the big kind of distinguishing mechanic is that there are action spaces on a shared board. And you roll... Um, two dice. You add them to a pool of six dice. Okay. So, so there's there's. Two. All right. How many pools? Actually, yeah. <laughs> Basically, you get past six. You get past four dice. Okay. Two two pairs. This is like dark a, of a color. I don't know what are we playing? Then you take two dice of a matching color off of the board. And, okay. And then you roll them. So what you end up with is. Roll for the like galaxy. Two yellow dice, two green dice, and two red dice. Let's say okay. quicks, and you have to, and each of them have different faces with like one of the different actions on them. Is this is this quicks? And then you pick, you pick one of <laughs> the pairs. Let's actions and faces with actions, and it's not just numbers. You right, know? it's not just numbers exactly. Yeah. And then you like take one of the the pairs, and you take the two actions that are shown on the faces. It doesn't of sound the that pairs. bad, actually. Yeah. Yes, it's not actually that bad. Um, it's also not very distinguishing, though. Um, I was really excited about the game because it's like you know, like 1920s so is pro- it like- prohibition era theme. So you're, are you running a speakeasy or yeah, exactly are you, okay. every player is running a speakeasy mm-hmm. and you get to like bribe cops and you're like hiring mobsters. That's a great um, theme. Nobody. It's did. a really good yeah. theme and the art is like pretty good, although I would say a little disappointing. In what sense? Um, there's kind of like a, I would say maybe like a Art Nouveau style. Um, and it, I think was the art itself is well done, but the way that it's applied, like the board looks very confusing uh, because it's covered in art. Classic you know I mean? mistake. Yeah. Um, and honestly, there wasn't too much distinguishing about the game, hmm. which is kind of disappointing. So what was this one again? Uh, this was Speakeasy Blues published by Artana. I also played Blue Lagoon from Blue Orange Games. No, I heard good things about Blue Lagoon, actually. Um, I played a couple turns, didn't get to play the whole thing. You're talking about tiers. This game's kind of interesting because the first, it's like an empty um, region of islands. Mm-hmm. And in the first turn, you're like sailing on boats to settle on the islands it's very and create pretty, villages. Isn't it? It's yeah. really pretty. Yeah. And then in the second phase, you remove all your villagers, but not your villages. And then you expand outwards from your villages. Is this a Kinesia mm. game? No. Anyway, I'm, sounds I pretty so. cool. Sounds like one of those. Um, sounds like it belongs in that list of uh, what's the Ravenburger li- uh, the, uh, one to fourteen. Uh, the uh, Aaliyah game. Aaliyah, but I just yeah, keep thinking of Aaliyah. Oh, Aaliyah I see. Game. I see. It is a Kinesia. Yeah. Oh, nice. So I was just looking at because this I actually put this on my um, wish list because it oh. looked so cute and uh, yeah, Doctor Reiner Kinesia is yeah, yeah, yeah. a very talented man. Um, it looked interesting. Uh, I didn't like get to play enough to get into the scoring mm-hmm. part of it because you're trying to collect resources with your villagers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have an opinion one way or the other, really. Okay, so it didn't make, didn't make an impression. Yeah, but exactly, it didn't make an impression. Uh, King Domino, Age of Giants. Uh, what? <laughs> There's a King Domino, Queen Domino expansion. You can play it with either of them. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool, actually. Um, Nothing special, honestly. Was it just more more King Domino? We needed more King Domino. Yeah. I think we didn't have enough of that game that's so, so it adds before. it adds more <laughs> tiles 
Um, some of the tiles have giants on them. Right. If you play a giant, you have to put a giant on one of your crowns, and you can't score it until the end of the game. <gasps> no! Unless Unless you get to place a tile with a staircase, and then you get to pass the giant on to someone else. Because huh. he gets, and then they he can't goes score. and takes the, sca- that part takes of it's the like, stairs. I feel like it's not <laughs> it's adding like, enough. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like whatever. I don't know. Now, did they... The biggest question is, did they... Uh, is there a version of it that will be compatible with the giant King Domino board that they sell as well? <laughs> like a like a a King Domino Giant Age of Giants, yeah, exactly. kind of style. Really hammering home the theme. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it did add some conditions, which are really interesting. They're like bonuses, if you imagine like um, Splendor, where like you know if you have or... like six water tiles surrounding your castle you get scored oh that's kind of cool it's kind of oh, like, like a mo- con- conditional stuff i guess okay king domino age of giants that's what it was yeah um so it's kind of interesting um everdell from starling games everdell this one also really cute forest creatures uh, i played every cute forest creature game at gen con was that a theme um i guess that's a theme um this one is kind of like a tableau building game um, it looked amazing until I found out that they were using the upgraded components that you have to purchase separately. Are you referring to the gorgeous tree that gets built? In yeah, the-, the cardboard tree, I think, comes separately, uh, which is unfortunate. And I watched some people play uh, before I was going to demo it, and they were in the last uh, turns of the game. And they had, like, it's a tableau building game where you put cards in front of you. And I think they had, like, 40 cards. Oh, which that's is a like, lot of bloody cards. Which is totally, and, like, all the cards do things. So it was. <laughs> so they, they're all spread out, so you can read all the text on in them. My mind, yeah. In my mind, yeah. In my mind, it's a little unwieldy. <laughs> like, you would have to know what they're doing. Now, which is I it? Think is kind of extreme. Is it possible they just played it super slowly and they they basically played a game where they just let each other build, 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 build? Yeah, build. it is possible for sure. Um, like you and Chelsea getting a hundred plus in every single Scythe game. <laughs> I don't think it's that difficult, honestly. If it's, you know, it's not you... difficult when you're good. Oh, <laughs> and especially if you're not like going after each other super That's aggressively. True. Yeah, yeah. If you're not, if you're not but losing you, too much in combat, but you then. can't go straight to six stars and no. still get a hundred. Right? You got to slow play that. You got to go for popularity. Yeah, you can go straight to six cars and get like eighty-five points plus, maybe. Look at you, the, even just like estimating how many. You still get a lot. You can still get quite a few points. Yeah. Uh, if you if you can go straight to six cars and get more than eighty-five plus points, uh, you can email me. At I need scythe help <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> hey, that's my email. <laughs> yeah. Harry has opened up a charity, which is a scythe assistance line. For kids who can't play scythe. And good. that's actually yeah. what he's on the show for. He's <laughs> yeah. plugging his. <laughs> um, Coimbra looked really interesting. Another one that uh, this this one I knew I had people requesting people at uh, Gen Con pick up for them. Import. Yeah, very popular. Um, looked really complex. I didn't get a chance to play it, but I watched some people play. Uh, really impressed by the components. Um, it's a it's a very neat uh, looking game. The style on it it's uh, wild. Like I'm trying totally, to think. Like yeah. I'm, my eyes are just melting at the amount of information on the board. Exactly. Yeah. There's a ton of information on the board, and there's a lot of pieces that you're like moving around to different like spots. Um, but I uh, didn't get a chance to play it. Yeah, but uh, it definitely looks interesting, and people have given <coughs> said some really good things about it. It, it. There's so many games. Before you go any further, Harry, it's just it seems to me that it'd be very tough to get an accurate um, feel for the game because how many of these a like you play it once and you don't really think much about it, but it's one of these things. Oh, play it a couple times, you really start to get a feel for it. Right. Or maybe you're playing with God forbid bad people that aren't really giving you much to work with too. Or maybe the game is just so daunting and you've got 
all this stuff going on around you, like, how are you supposed to pay attention or give it your all? Like, you imagine playing Scythe totally. and if, if everyone's like, oh, what game are you playing? What game are you playing? That looks really cool, like, bugging you and distracting you. I think you. that definitely creates a bias at Gen Con. If you're at Gen Con looking at games, definitely creates a bias towards lighter games or games yeah. that are faster to play. Um, or games that have, like, more player interaction because, mm. you know, it provides a little more variety. Like, you, you like, after the game, you say, oh, yeah, totally replayable because it's, like, based on people interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these, like, really intense games, um, you know, like, really dedicated worker placements, uh, you can't sit down and demo a full game. It would just take too long. So you just play a round and be like, oh, yeah, I, like, I enjoyed that one round. I yeah, <laughs> they'll, like, let you play two turns or something, which is... which it, or, kinda... or a shortened version of the game, which... which it's hard to get a really good feel for the game, I think. Like, video game publishers do this all the time. Like, mm, Alex, Alex Animore, right? Yeah, like, exactly. he was saying when he went to uh, E3, you wait in line to play yeah, these games, and totally. you get, like, a special, like, you get 10 minutes of the game. It's like, out, just exactly, get a taste yeah. of it. It's, but, like, uh, pretty difficult, I think, to form opinions on the game based on that. Mm-hmm. But it it is also enough to then say, like, this is interesting, I should check it out more. Okay. So, Coimbra is definitely one of those that I would like to check out more. Coimbra put it on the the maybe list so are we still in the territory of not not bad, uh, not bad or just didn't have a chance to really yeah, uh, yeah exactly are um, we are we about the, my mic so keeps cutting out there i don't know if probably it was a couple more in this category uh spring meadow newest uh Uwe rosenberg in the same oh. vein as cottage garden as cottage garden they definitely needed another one of those as yeah well. exactly uh, Indian Summer, Cottage Garden, and Patchwork weren't Published enough. by Stronghold Games. Yeah, that's right. He keeps moving uh, publishers, yeah, exactly. Too. They're not it's even published by the same company. It's almost like everyone, confusing. it's like, did you, do you have your own game company? Okay, good. Uh, he's got have his you, own. Have you published an <laughs> UA yet? Yeah. They probably get together for their industry conference, and it's like, do you, have you published a Rosenberg yet? Oh, no, I'm running out of seasons. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Christmas walk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and honestly, Spring Meadow, like, it's probably a very good game, but it's also nothing new. Okay. Yeah. So it's just it's like that game again. It's exactly that game again. Like if you're familiar with his lighter games, it's like tile placement. Now, it isn't it supposed to be like a it is like a smaller like I don't want to say like Patchwork Junior-esque game or is there am I thinking of like even in smaller like I think there is a Patchwork Kids game. Like it's it's way simpler than Patchwork. Uh, I I don't think I would describe it as that. Okay. Gosh, I think like it has it has exactly like the tile laying part of patchwork yeah. and plus some com- some elements from his other games. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> just like I think at this point it's like mixing and matching mechanics and components from his games and see what combination is the best. I'm, I'm just looking at a picture of it. I'm trying to think. It, it seems duller than the rest. Somehow. It looks it's completely like, featureless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, That's and there's not even any cute cats. It's because Aww. it's a sleepy kittens and pots. Sleepy kittens. Spring meadow. Uh, not much. Hasn't been time for much to grow yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Spring Meadow by Uwe Rosenberg. Um, <laughs> and then I think that's pretty much it for the House of Danger. Um, <clears throat> looked interesting. Didn't get a chance to play it. Did you have any encounters <laughs> with House people where it was kind of like you know you met like a real true grognard and they were just like <laughs> a little too intense Smelled for bad you when it came to games? You know, was, yeah. was there any yeah, oh, negative Espe- encounters? Especially when like playing. That's games. not an awful move. I've owned you, noob. <laughs> so actually, that, that happened a lot on the on <laughs> My the vendor party. floor. Yeah. Like you would sit down to, and you would like you know, go up to a, a publisher's booth and you would ask to demo their game and, like, three other people would line up to demo their game and you would sit down with each other and we're all playing the game for the first time and somebody yeah. would make a move that's, like, 
you know, probably not a good idea and not in their best interest, but like yeah. you're playing two turns yeah. and someone else at the table will go like, oh, actually, I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> and it's like, it <laughs> um, doesn't matter. Actually. Like, uh, for sure. That's good. Uh, there are some odors as well, but maybe not as many, <laughs> maybe not as many as I would have guessed. How many people are dressed up to? Uh, cosplaying? A lot. Um, what like did they go as like a? I'm trying to think of the driest game in the world. Like, so that's the thing is like they, I mean it's it's kind of hard to cosplay as role playing game disc. or board game characters. Yeah, the actually king from El Grande. Actually, didn't see any meeples. <laughs> what? I know. I thought people would be dressed up as um, people were dressed up as dice. Just a variety of dice. Yeah, like it's, one it's person a cube, was a D20, one person mm, was a D6. Nerds. Uh, I think there are a lot of like video video up. game characters, like anime characters. Ah! These guys need to like your <laughs> stay girlfriend. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Your girlfriend picked something perfect. Scythe is like it, it's almost custom design for the, the characters are right there. You totally. can dress yeah, up as good. this person if you, you feel the urge to dress up at the conference. Why are you dressing up like Sephiroth for the, <laughs> yeah, for Gen yeah, Con? Yeah, what the good. hell? Yeah, and I feel like uh, Scythe is old enough now that it's cool to dress up as someone you're not just uh, jumping on the bandwagon anymore. You know? <laughs> it's actually Chelsea just likes dressing up and flowing robes with. She could have been the alchemist from from Gloomhaven, and people would be like, oh, "Gloomhaven, oh, that's, there you go." That would have been a, a decent one too. So. Um, would you be? I don't think very many people dress up. Like we were talking to Jamie Stegmaier, and he was he was saying that like I think like one other Scythe cosplayer has like come up to him like, hmm. ever i think ever which is like oh not very many you probably made his day then so yeah. well I, I didn't but chelsea did chelsea you did. could take credit for yeah. it i gotta <laughs> say you gotta watch out for jamie <laughs> yeah, yeah. they emailing back and forth the funny, the funny part was we were walking around gen con and chelsea did not recognize any of the other cosplays because she like doesn't play video games she doesn't oh, watch yeah. anime like she was not super familiar with them but it was good did oh. the two of you have a good time i heard the food was pricey um, I only ate um, cheap food truck food or um, stuff from this uh, pizza place. Shout out to Tammy's Pizza. Shout out Tammy's. to Tammy. A uh, shout out to Tammy's oh, shout Pizza. Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, small, a ninja small pizza making. place. Out of the way. It's great. What was Indianapolis like? Uh, it wasn't as hot as I thought, but it's kind of a weird city, honestly. Like, for like three or four days. Yeah, there's like I think a decent amount of people living in the city. I want to say like five hundred, six hundred thousand. But, mm-hmm. like, when you contrast that to the number of people who come in for Gen Con, like, 65,000, it's, like, kind of weird. You just overwhelmed the core. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah, the, the downtown is just, like, hotels in the convention center. <coughs> That's what I found was, uh, at Dallas. Uh, I was in Dallas once and uh, for a convention of a different type, and it was – I found the city dead. Like, I walked around looking for coffee shops. I couldn't find anything. And there were a couple of bars mm-hmm. and restaurants around there. But in general, I just thought, this is weird. It's like did you could have shot a Walking Dead episode for about how quiet it was. <laughs> and this is not, like, a weird time of the year either. It was just, even around where JFK got shot, it was it's pretty quiet. It's like, okay. So what, what I've heard about Indianapolis is that's not true because there are no quiet times. People are just always visiting for, like, bachelor parties and, like, weddings what? and events and, like... Yeah, just tourism. Is tourism thing? is just their industry. Yeah. Indy five hundred. That's the only thing I know is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, pretty interesting city. Um, cool. The food is not great. How far were you from the main event? <laughs> oh no. Uh, so we stayed at a hotel that was accessible by um, Skywalk to the convention center. Skywalk, which is kind of nice. Fancy um, guy. If you're not aware, Gen Con has a hotel lottery. So all the hotels in Indianapolis just join up, and you can't book them on their normal websites you have to do it through gen con's website what a scam you have to sign up 
and then you get put into a lottery and the lottery gives you a slot like a time slot and you wait until your time slot and you can sign up for hotels and if you get a late time slot you don't get good hotels so wait what if somebody is yeah. doing business in Indianapolis and doesn't luck. want to go to Gen Con? That's a great question. I have no idea. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they go to the Gen Con They're just like, day. no, you can't come. Yeah. We're busy with a convention. We're shut down <laughs> for all normal commerce, yeah. dummy <laughs> salary man. Um, yeah, it was interesting overall. So this is, is this your first Gen Con? First Gen Con, uh, I definitely will go back. And are um, we coming with him, Jack? Um, maybe you can put me on like a, one of those... Uh, segways with an iPad or a tablet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just carry the iPad. And we'll, uh, cosplay. Yeah. yeah, we'll cosplay him up as Stephen Hawking. Um, <laughs> wow! I mean, I can do a robot voice, but it's not that good. The Gen Con overall, though, do you think that who would get something out of going to Gen Con? Is it something for everyone, or is this something that you would say? You have to really, really be into this subculture in order to appreciate what's going on so here. So for board games specifically, I don't think your average board gamer would necessarily be interested in going to Gen Con. So do you um, mean casuals? I mean, even people who like like board games but aren't following latest board game news, aren't like familiar with publishers, uh... that kind of stuff. Because you don't you're not going to Gen Con just to sit down and play board games with other people for 4 days. Yeah. Um because that's not really you know, it's not happening all the time. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's more about the exhibit hall, like the vendors hall and like yeah. stopping by the publishers. Um one thing I should say is like all the publishers at Gen Con are amazing. Like you go up to a publisher's booth and in a lot of cases you'll just meet the designer of the game or yeah. one of the designers and be able to like get the like just say quickly hey like in five minutes tell me about your game and they'll like give you the spiel and it's like the designer it's, it's amazing very cool but like if you're not like into that for board gaming i would say it's kind of tough i i would maybe not recommend it mm-hmm. um if you're into a variety of things like there's like some ccgs there's a bunch of other events there um if you're into role-playing games tabletop role-playing games 100 percent. you saying there's some ccgs there was wizards there oh so not officially, uh, they have a weird thing because they Wizards owned by Wizards of the Coast publishes Magic the Gathering. They're owned by Hasbro. Hasbro set up their own convention, which is pretty much Magic the Gathering and My Little Pony. My Little Hasbro. <laughs> what? Hold on, they're they're combined. I mean, they're they're at the same convention. That's like those are the two biggest IPs of the convention. Well, everybody knows Bronies are the biggest Magic players. Jack. Exactly. Uh, it's 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 this weird crossover now. So like at Gen Con, and, and Gen Con is owned like the convention <coughs> is owned by Peter Adkinson, former uh, owner of Wizards of the Coast. I did not know that. Um, so there's kind of like a, a, I don't know, like a weird. Is it there at the same time, but like in a different building? No, it's in a different time and place. Oh. Um, so last year there was no Magic stuff. No, Wizards of the Coast. This year, though, it's Magic's 25th anniversary. So um, this year, um, they did a very special event at the uh, at Gen Con. They did a Magic draft of Beta, which is the second set ever printed. And it has cards that are worth like oh, $10,000. Really Where did they get them yeah. from? Exactly. Uh, apparently, Wizards of the Coast just has a bunch in their basement. <laughs> in of course, storage. they've got stacks of that stuff. Can you it's imagine what they would do with the collector's market? They just like... Just yeah, exactly. flooded it. Crazy. Oh, that'd be fun. So are all of these in like solid sleeves? Or I guess you didn't see. No, but the person who opens the packs, because like they did a draft with eight people, the person who opens the packs for the draft is wearing white gloves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's perfect. Sense. Can't get those oils yeah, in. Exactly. Who knows what sort of cheesy Mountain Dew Dorito fingers they've got on. Totally. Anyway. They're also really old and could just fall apart. Can you imagine that? Oh, black. 
just disintegrates <laughs> yeah. in the exposure of UV lights. Um, and the last thing I'll ask, too, is that it seems like there's a, in case you haven't picked up on it, for the, the listener that's still with us, is that people buy stuff at Gen Con. Now, isn't that tricky if you, like, is there a lot of bounce, bouncing back and forth? Because board games, in case you haven't noticed, are not tiny. And it can be tricky holding on to these things and trying to get them. And did you have to go back to the hotel a bunch? Yeah, there's some coordination required. We're lucky the hotel was really close to the convention center. So we just dropped the stuff out of our hotel room. But uh, if you're farther away, it could be tough. Another thing is a lot of games come out at Gen Con, right? Yeah, Yeah, they sure do. A lot of releases. So we've got a taste of that today from our good friend Harry. Gen Con stories. 